It's time for the Rose Chat Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating the world's most beloved flower, the rose. Join award-winning gardeners Chris Van Cleef and Teresa Byington as they chat with rose lovers and experts from around the globe. With each episode, you'll gain valuable knowledge and insights to achieve the rose garden you've always dreamed of. Listen now as we explore the world of roses. Try Haven Brand Soil Conditioners, providing generations of gardeners with a truly all-natural alternative to chemical fertilizers with their line of composted manure and alfalfa teas. Easy to brew and use on all indoor and outdoor plants. Find them online at manuretea.com. Hey friends, today I'm chatting with a wonderfully busy gardener that we can all learn a great deal from. Terry Spate is a gardener, a blogger, a podcaster, a writer, and a community volunteer. Her commitment to helping others grow is inspiring. Hey Terry, welcome to Rose Chat. Hi, Teresa. How are you? I'm great. I'm so glad to talk to you today. Now, Terry, you're one of the busiest gardeners I know, and much of the work you do is helping others find the gardener inside them, and I love that. But I'm wondering what drives you, what inspires you? Honestly, it's a strong desire to connect as many people as I can with the earth It's just so important because the earth is a gift to all of us. Mm -hmm. And like with any gift, you should be excited about opening it, seeing what's inside of it, and see what it does for you. And so many people are too busy to slow down and open their gift every day. I went through a time where I thought about, you know, people who just didn't have the opportunity to garden and, um, And I thought, oh, it means so much to me that I think it would mean so much to them. And then we went through COVID and people were home and we saw what happened. They did get into their gardens more and more. That's right. And and not only did they get into their own gardens, they introduced others to gardening. The garden Mm -hmm. is a healer and we know this. Mm -hmm. I, I preach this all the time. The garden is a place where if we're sad, we can go and cry in peace and no one will know because our heads are to the ground. Mm -hmm. We can go out there, enjoy and collect a bouquet, cut a bloom or just admire the beauty that surrounds us. We can go into the garden when we just want to meditate and reflect on the things that are happening around us. So the garden, it's always there for us, but it's a healer. It is, you know, especially since COVID, there has been so many articles written about this, that it's good for our bodies, it's good for our minds, and it's good for our spirits. Yes, yes. I can't think of anything, any stronger medicine (laughs) than going into the garden when you just feel blue. Mm -hmm. And trust me, and and you don't have to always work in the garden, just being in the garden. Mm -hmm. It's just such a such a wonderful thing. Oh, and I think we do have to balance and limit ourselves to the actual work. Because gardeners, once we get going, we forget how to stop going. And uh, <laughs> so we have to also, you know, schedule in time to just be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My dad used to always say, there's nothing better than just being. And he would say, Teresa, j- just be. Just stop for a moment and just be. You don't have to move all the time. 
it did not really ring true to me in my younger years, but as I become more seasoned, I really do understand what he was talking about. <laughs> yes, it's so true. I love your use of the term seasoned because seasoning does slow us down a little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, you have a strong commitment to your community. So uh, tell us a little bit about some of the community work that you do. Well, a lot of my community work is with my community garden. And the reason why I've settled into that, I was a founding farmer of a CSA when I lived in Virginia. And we helped with the community garden that was in downtown Fredericksburg, downtown Greens. And seeing how you can take young children how you can take mothers that don't really have a lot of money and basically turn them into different individuals just by connecting with the soil is amazing. And a lot of times, in especially in the African-American community, we don't see us in gardening unless it's farming. But when I look at people like Morgan Freeman, mm-hmm. even in his celebrity status, turned his farm into a be sanctuary that information needs to be shared because Mm -hmm. it can lend opportunity to someone else that may not want to do a traditional uh, career so I just love connecting with my community sharing with them new veggies fruits flowers and encouraging them to find peace in the earth Well, I I really appreciate the work that you do. And um, there is just simply nothing like turning on a little child to what they can do in the garden. I love to be with my grand boys and and they all love to plant seeds and see it grow and, and get vegetables from the garden. I mean, it's just something so special. But, you know, you mentioned Morgan Freeman. There's so many people to have a garden story in them. And so that just, you know, you're helping to release those stories. Yeah. This year I'm trying to get, um, I'm co-chair of the Fiesta Place Community Garden in District Heights. So I'm introducing more flowers in addition mm-hmm. to the veggies. Once I can convince people we, we need to have both as a balance, I would like to have just a short writing class just to ask each of our plot partners, what does their plot mean to them? Mm-hmm. You never know, Teresa. It might inspire someone to next year, maybe, you know, create a garden journal. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that idea. Um, my daughter lives in England and I've had the opportunity to be there and to see, you know, England is a nation of gardeners and it's only a nation about the size of Georgia. So, but it is a nation of gardeners. And one of the things that they have is an allotment system and people wait literally for years for their allotment so that they can have a garden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of at that point in our community garden. I just purchased two more Vigo beds and then we won't have any more space in that spot. But in my mind, if we can keep those plots filled up with people that want to grow, then there's other green space and we'll just keep Mm -hmm. expanding. 
Absolutely. I love to go through a small town. I'm thinking of where my husband is from. And many of the small towns have little community gardens and these little, uh, uh, you know, plots that people get to come and, you know, it's a community that's built around growing things. And it's just a beautiful thing. So they're learning from each other, but they're also just having good, clean fun. That's right. That's right. Well, I just got, came back from Wisconsin and um, one of the places that we saw was along what used to be an old railroad track. And it was a community garden you could see for miles. Talk about encouraging. Oh, and it wasn't like uber neat. It was really a community garden. I love it. <laughs> Everyone got to be their, their own person there. Yeah. Yeah. Make it uniquely yours. Yes. One of our gentlemen put a piece of art in his plot. Um I'm I'm creating a sign for mine just to remind people of positive tips when they're in the garden, because why not? And mm-hmm. I'll change it weekly so that each week they will be inspired to see what positive tip does Terry have for this week. See, and that's just a way to lead up and to teach people uh, it, more than, you know, they ever dreamed that they would want to know or need to know. But it's just a great opportunity to build gardeners, build strong gardeners. I just love it, Terry. Yep. Growing community. Yep. Now, you've been so busy writing. You actually have released recently two books not one but two books how do you even get your head around that i'm insane about gardening (laughs) (laughs) seriously i i love gardening and sharing the garden story and the the both of the books i consider it a privilege to have been able to put my pen to paper and Mm -hmm. be a part of it all um the first one black flora um, it just makes my heart full every time I say the name. It really speaks to profiles of flower farmers, flower florists, creatives in the floristry world that we don't even know about. And a lot of them are present and doing things that are absolutely phenomenal from raising their children in the garden, like the cottons, to creating floral uh, creations for this year's Super Bowl Mm -hmm. to um, finding creative ways to um, share social justice all by using flowers. And it's amazing because most people think of African-Americans as food farmers. We, I have a hashtag, we grow more than collards because (laughs) we really do. And it's unique in how we each started our journey to the industry, some through healing, some through just needing a change of career that was more rewarding, Mm -hmm. others through just building community and creating subscription flower services. It's just, it, it was just a journey meeting everyone. And at the same time, growing a garden community because most of us have all stayed in touch. This book, um, readers, if you have not seen this book, um, I'm sort of a page snob. I mean, I just, you know, I just, I like what I like, I guess. And I like things done beautifully, which you have done. And I love things broken out into sections. 
And you have done that so very well in this book. You take each person or each group or each family or team, and you've broken their story down into sections. It's their journey to flowers, which is so fascinating. Everyone's is different. We even learn their favorite flower. And then we learn about the work that they do. And then you chronicle that with beautiful, beautiful photography. So this is a beautiful book, but it's also just a really important book that you expose the creativity that's going on that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I owe a lot to Deborah Prinsing mm-hmm. and Robin Avney. Robin Avney has such a creative eye. And Deborah was the one that reached out to me and said, you know what, would you be interested in doing this? Because this is a story that is long overdue. And, you know, I've always wanted to write a book, but I wanted to write a book about poetry. So this was a journey. Mm-hmm. It was an education, but it was an experience that I will never forget ever in my life. Well, there's a, a couple of quotes that re- there's lots of quotes that stood out to me and just went right to my heart. But um, one was from Dee Hall, and mm. she said, um, there's no easier way for me to engage with the world around me than to step out into the garden. And I've always said, you know, there is I'm in the house and I'm busy. But then there's that step into the garden mm-hmm. that's different. Yeah. yeah. Every time. Yeah. When I tell my friends I'm cleaning house, they know what that means. <laughs> I'm going outside. <laughs> my yard is my home. It's it's my place of peace. And um, the inside, it's always picked up. Maybe not my office. It's always straight. But my garden needs more attention than inside the house. You know, yes. so. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with Dee. And and Dee not only gardens in her own yard, but she gardens in neighbors' yards as well, which is hilarious to me. And she is the one that has created a subscription service. Who knew? Yes. Oh, my. There's so, so many great ideas in this book. Now, there's another quote, and I hope I don't mispronounce her name. Shonda Zalea? Yes. And she said this. My flower journey has taught me how, in the same way food nourishes our body, flowers nourish our souls. Yes, yes. And that is so very, very true. Now, she mm-hmm. um, she came to floristry as she was planning her wedding and realizing that she couldn't afford a florist, really. So she had to do it herself. And then that there came that question of, what flowers do I choose? How do I choose? What statement am I trying to make with my flowers? So she went through the entire journey of it and then decided, I want to do this as a career. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we step into the unknown and the Mm -hmm. rewards are great. One of the things that was brought out by several people that I really, really liked is they didn't necessarily find the career of flowers. Friends found it for them by ask by noticing what they did well and asking them to make a bouquet or to plan their wedding or you know that was just really interesting to me too that there were several of them that um, they came to this new career at the encouragement of others who saw something special in them that's right that's right and uh, I'm, I'm thinking of um, 
my true heart of flower guy Braun. You know, when someone says, I want you to do my wedding and you're a teacher and you're like, (laughs) I don't know, but you pull it off and then you, you decide, oh my, this is wonderful. I like to say the flowers found them. Mm -hmm. They might've had to go through somebody else, but the flowers found the people that it knew Mm -hmm. could create floral fantasies to Mm -hmm. fit the bill for whoever needed them. Yep, this book, this book, I am so grateful that you wrote this book. I'm so grateful that I have it. It is a beautiful book. It's inspiring and it's fun. It's just beautiful. It's it's just a feast for the eyes. So well done, you. Thank you. Now there's another one. (laughs) There's a second book that you worked on with Kathy Jens called The Urban Garden, 101 Ways to Grow Food and Beauty in the City. So so do urban settings have challenges that other settings don't? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You've got privacy issues. You know, how much of your quiet time do you want your neighbor to peek over and see (laughs) you know do you can you really grow a tree that you love in a small lot will it outgrow your house Mm -hmm. little things like that you know how can you add add impact in a small space and there are Mm -hmm. so many ideas um we came up with concepts that can be used if you're in a city with a small patch in the front and a big patch in the back, or vice versa, mm-hmm. or if you just have a walkway. We came up with ideas that are usable for all. Well, one of the one of the ideas that I just loved um, was build a salad table that you could grow greens and salads and that sort of thing in. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to bend over. That yeah, the there you go. Yeah. There you go. And a great project for kids. Mm-hmm. And then um, you talked about the rooftop gardening and the issues with um, with weight. But there's right. so many wonderful lightweight growing bags and things like that today that mm-hmm. could really help with that, I would imagine. There are. There are many different options. And nowadays, um, in my, my daytime job, I work in commercial real estate. And a lot of the newer buildings, they consider rooftop gardens as part of the planning process as Mm -hmm. they're created. So Mm -hmm. you don't always have to have these weighty beds, so to speak. Um, Even if it's not considered, I went to Buffalo for the Buffalo Garden Walk and there was a bartender that had taken bags of soil and created a rooftop garden and he used the herbs and his drinks. That's Mm -hmm. creativity for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, we're hearing more and more about, um, you know, restaurants have their own on top of the roofs or whatever downtown. They have their own garden for, you know, produce and uh, season and herbs and that sort of thing. So it's just wonderful way to utilize space. Yeah. Yeah. And you never know that very space that you think you can't. You'd be surprised at what you can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Another excellent book, very practical, uh, creative ideas. I just, um, you know, well done. You've been busy, girl. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. <laughs> but it's a good busy, you know. It is it's a, a good, good busy. It is a good busy. No, So now that you've written two books, do you have any tips for someone just starting to think about writing a book, maybe? Realize that it is a commitment 
of time. It's not something that you can pick up today, put down for a week and come back to. Mm -hmm. You must be committed in order to have continuity of thought. Um, And the dedication will show in the finished product. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Commitment, you know, there's just things we've got to be committed to. And I can see where, you know, you've just got a theme going. You just got to kind of stay with it. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you find yourself distracted, leave that part alone. I'm not being funny. Go into the garden <laughs> and come back and you will realize that, OK, you know, you don't have to do it that way. We could do it this way or mm-hmm. a smaller garden doesn't have to use that big planter. They can use another big planter or instead of little planters, use one big planter and diversify. Mm-hmm. You know, but you you have to you have to experience and try the examples in order to come up with them. So sometimes we had to step away and mm-hmm. step back in, and clarity um, came. Yeah. Well, good tips. Well, now we want to hear your garden story. So um, you're you come from a, a a family of gardeners, I think. So tell us your garden story and. Tell us about your garden. Well, my my both sides of my family um, were sharecroppers. So when they moved up north, you know, I grew up going down south in the summertime to visit my dad's people in North Carolina and my mom's people in South Carolina. And everywhere we went, there were hydrangeas. So I joked to my siblings, that's going to be our family crest um, because <laughs> they, were all, they were everywhere from South Carolina, North Carolina. North Carolina also had a lot of pigs, but we're not getting pigs. But no. it was just fun hearing the stories. My dad would share stories about how he helped his grandma and grandpa uh, grow things. He says that he would never eat a tomato after he left North Carolina because it didn't taste the same. And they didn't have a lot of money. Um, They watered from a a bucket on the back of the the mule bed. So times were hard, but they made enough to take to market. The same thing with my relatives in South Carolina. Um, They were definitely sharecroppers. And my great, great, great grandpa uh, grew vegetables and took them down to Allen University in South Mm -hmm. Carolina for the students. So it goes way back. And then when we were kids, my mom, every year, it was the same thing. Celosia, Portulaca, and Marigolds. <laughs> but my dad had a rose garden at the fence line. Yes. Yes, with Mr. Lincoln roses. They were Mr. Lincoln. Yeah. yeah one year he got a Chicago. That was a big deal. Um, but all the rest of them were Mr. Lincoln's because we made these beautiful rose bouquets. Um, and my mom just really loved them. Aww. Only thing is my dad only wanted me to water. I mm-hmm. was a girl. I couldn't get dirty. Aww. But we, I told him one day and one day happened. <laughs> I grew up. <laughs> and uh, when I had my children, um, I took a master gardener course and um, became a gardener for the city of Fredericksburg and grew my garden down there. And fast forward to now, my front yard is kind of like a soulful English garden. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, a lot of natives because I want to give back to nature. Perennials. Um, I don't really clean my garden up in the wintertime because there are little friends of ours that need to have some winter cover. Mm-hmm. So I generally, if I cut my garden back, I cut it back halfway and the rest of it I let fall. And my backyard, I'm turning into a half cutting garden and half native garden because the native plants, just like the garden, they stand tall for us. They make us, make us feel like we are really good gardeners, <laughs> whether we are or not. <laughs> And there's such diversity there in bloom, bloom time, heights, whether they're aggressive or not. You can play a lot with natives and they come back every year and you can Mm -hmm. share them. Yeah, absolutely. So just like in your book, what's your favorite flower? The peony next to the rose, really. Oh, peonies peonies are beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And peonies kind of introduce the season. Yes. And then you got to, you know, your bulbs kind of take your eye through. And then when your roses start, if you have the right roses, the roses will take you the rest of the way. They sure will. You know, I know you did a podcast about drift roses, and there's just so many um, new shrub roses like drift that will just simply bloom for you all summer long with very little care. Mm -hmm. And um, hats off to to those great roses. Mm -hmm. I have to share, though, I do have two favorite roses. And there's a story behind... um, both of them actually could basically share the same story. Um, Proven Winners, Color Choice, has a rose called Oh So Easy Italian Ice. Mm-hmm. Last year, writing the books, I could not really get to my garden. The one rose I wanted to see bloom was a rose called At Last. Mm-hmm. Another Proven Winners rose. Well, at last is in the front yard and also easy Italian ice is in the back. Let me tell you, there were many times when I wanted to get outside, but I couldn't get outside. I missed something blooming, but that also easy rose, it really carried me through. Both of those are outstanding roses. I have at last, I have, two or three at last and they're just fantastic Mm -hmm. I wouldn't I I will always have them I need more Mm -hmm. Um, but the one that I'm looking for that my heart is set on in 2019 I went with another um, Capitol Hill Garden Club member to England because in our minds the winter before we were going to meet David Austin Oh, yeah. And he passed. But we were like, we're going anyway. That was my present to myself. Yes. And we went. We had a glorious time. And since then, the rose that I'm looking for is called the Generous Gardener. Yes. Yes. I have I have two of those. It's a it's a climber, not a real tall climber, but it is a fantastic rose. I need that um, 
and I think it was in his catalog. I'm not sure where I heard about it, but I've had David Austin Roses when I was in my Virginia house. Mm -hmm. And I really haven't had many. I don't think I've had any in this house in Maryland. And I really think the generous gardener should be the first one. Because you are such a generous gardener. And it is beautiful. It is probably um, the most disease-resistant David Austin that I have. And it has great fragrance. So there's a lot to love about it. And it's not such a um, strong grower that it's going to you know, scale your house, but is called a well-behaved climber. And it is very, very nice. Um, I liked it so much, I bought two. So <laughs> I was given... I was given the first one as a gift, and then I thought, I love this rose. I'm going to get another one. So, yes, it's, it's yeah, you need that rose. You definitely yeah. need that rose. And every time I think I'm going to buy it, and I'll, I'll look online to try to find it. Okay, yeah. that's a sign, man. Well, yep, you, yep. Just keep trying. Don't worry. You're going to find that rose. You need that one. Yeah. <laughs> Terry, this has been such a pleasure today. I've been looking forward to this, and what fun we've had. Thank you so much for your dedication to get more and more people growing. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. And I'm, I'm not done yet. I've got more people to get hooked on this. Oh, growing. you do. You do. You truly are connecting people to the soil. And I wish you all the best. Thank you. Well, friends, thanks for tuning in today. And for all things Terry, you can go to her website at cottageinthecourt.com. She also has a podcast and a blog, and her books are for sale there. So there's just so much to find at cottageinthecourt.com. And until next time, happy gardening. You've been listening to the Rose Chat Podcast with Chris Van Cleve and Teresa Byington, expert rose gardeners who want to help you achieve the rose garden of your dreams. Don't miss an episode. Listen anytime on our website at rosechatpodcast.com or listen on the go via the Rose Chat app on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Share this podcast with your social networks and join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by using the hashtag RoseChat. Join us next time for another edition of the Rose Chat Podcast. The Rose Chat Podcast is a production of the Rose Chat Media Group, Birmingham, Alabama.